0: Explain the my whole thing to me. What the fuck is the my whole thing?
1: Uh, first, Nia is in a tables match with Lana, which comes out of nowhere. I looks like completely spaced on it. I, I didn't see it anywhere in the headlines that day. Because uh, believe me, I was searching for headlines because there was absolutely jack squat to talk about right. headline-wise on the Monday locker. Room. We had a hell of a conversation. We just got around it. But uh, So they have her and Lana in a tables match. To me, this is something. Even if it's not your flavor, as ridiculous as it might be, this is something they've been building. You know, they had they had eight weeks where they were putting Lana through tables, and then kind of dropped it for a little bit. We get it, we get the story reignited there inside the rubble with Lana eliminating her. This should have been something. You should have been hyping it throughout the show, right? Or at least a week in advance. You know, build it up to it. I, I really feel like they advertised it, and they're like, okay, that's next. So oh it was like God. a segment. But I I, I honestly have missed it because raw has just become such like just background noise uh right. that they could have mentioned it passing it, it wasn't anything major that they were pushing so they do have the match <laughs> lana's out laying on the apron and Nia's gonna go for this mass one of her uh, her massive leg flops the leg Lana, flop i love it it's not a leg drop it's the leg flop. yeah it's a leg flop uh, this, ended, this ended up being probably the the greatest thing that Nia Jax has ever done since signing with WWE. She completely whips. Lana gets out of the way, and that's the hardest part of the ring there. So oh Nia yeah, that's comes, what they say. Nia comes smashing down on it. Her facials were incredible. I mean, it immediately looked like she just like, shit her pants. Her facials were awesome. And she starts screaming. So the first one is, oh my butt! Oh my butt! And then she's continuing these facials. And she's walking around, and then she starts screaming, "My hole!" <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that. And then Lana speared her, like not speared her, but pushed her roll like hard and sent her through a table that was not properly set up, but was leaning in that awkward position uh, alongside yes. the wall. On that note, hit the open.
0: Max now on the apron. Oh no! Oh, oh he
1: dropped.
0: First into the hardest part of the ring. Well, oh, that's all steel reinforcement up there, Tom. A lot of still got to find a way to get Jacks through the table. Oh my oh my that's it. The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network.
2: Hosted by two mother's that like to talk about everything. News, sports, politics, pro wrestling, people jumping off buildings, taco shops, top ten lists and more. It's got one guy who likes to get high on a lot of grass, and the other guy who got shot in the ass. And now, here's your host of the Hidden the Marks podcast, Jargo and R.
0: Thanks MSG, hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to an all new edition of the Hitting the Marks podcast right here at the HCM Podcast Network Online, HittingTheMarks.com, Hameen Media Online, HackerHameen.Podbean.com and Media Group.podbean.com. I am the aforementioned Jargo, I will be your host for the day, that's my tag team partner, he's the man, the myth, the legend, the guy for the first time in six weeks isn't wearing a baseball cap on the show, he's the real RBD. Rick, welcome back to your show.
1: Yes, finally. After three months, three long months, the R and the, B of the v. Richard Browns Victory got his haircut. So <laughs> I don't have to worry about <laughs> the That's ball what it. Was. That's exactly what it was. And, and the reasons three long months there. Not because I was trying a, a new look or, or lazy or anything like that, but my uh, the official stylist of you know RBV fitness happens to be my grandmother. Ah, well there you go. So while she was you know, battling some some surgery issues, some illness, laid up in a hospital, laid up at home, wasn't able to get my hair cut. And, and I just didn't want to pull the trigger and, and go to a Great Clips or something like that or, or put the effort to to reach out to one of the one of the other many tremendous hairdressers that I know. You just got to stay true to Grandma there. She's only got so many haircuts left in her and so, yeah, so finally, so Friday, I actually, or Saturday, uh, I got the, got the hair trim. So yes. So ball cap free for RBV. Uh, But Jarko, I do got to tell you, you each and every week you send me, you send me these runs and they get better and better, but it's such an emotional roller coaster. Uh, I run through the gauntlet, the gauntlet highs and lows. I start, you know, getting into the topics you want to discuss. they they spin off and take on a life of their own. It's true. And I know w- when we get into the weekend update for for both of us, especially this time of year, it has to deal with weather. you know here in in Ohio, we are we're getting the white death right now. You know, again, it is something that you just plan on each and every year. I, I never look forward to it. but as i was I was looking for something to compare. I give a, a a proper measurement of what we're facing here in southern Ohio. Uh, in my in my studies, uh, I came upon one Jonah Adam Falcon. Uh, does this name sound familiar to you,
0: Jonah Adam Falcon? This name does not sound necessarily familiar to me. Why? What's Okay, up? Uh,
1: I, I, I'm I'm glad that it that it isn't. I will say that because uh, Mr. Falcon is the self-described owner of the world's largest penis. Okay, okay, I'm uh,
0: intrigued. We're talking Falcon Dong. What what do you got here? Yeah, man?
1: well, you know, we, we've only got 10 inches of snow here in Cincinnati, but Mr. Falcon is packing a self-proclaimed 13.5. Get the fuck out of here. 13.5. Uh, and, and you should check this dude out. Uh, believe it or not, dopey ass looking white dude. Really? Yes, out of shape. He just looks like a complete slob. But, you know, I guess when, when you're packing that kind of ammo, that, that's the only guns you need to rely on, I guess. I mean, but And in, in, in I, I say the uh, self proclaimed is because this, his. Uh, Massiveness, his manhood has yet to be verified by any property, proper, proper, authorized organizations. Which I didn't even know those, uh, those existed. I, I was going to uh, say we got to get the cock measuring authority on this. Is that what's going on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that that was a regulatory organization. Oh they, yeah. The I, I CMA,
0: guess, man, it's everywhere. The cock measuring authority. You you haven't submitted a sample to the CMA as of yet. What the fuck is wrong with you, Rick? Uh, you got to do that shit by the time you turn 18. It's like registering, you know, for the fucking draft and
1: shit. Well, I'm surprised that, you know, the Democrats, the left, they aren't, they aren't trying to make us, Yeah, you said, register those things. Weapons of mass destruction, but no, he has gone ahead. Falcon has, has gone ahead. He's already upon his passing, whenever that might come, is his uh his unit is going to be put on display over in europe in an international dick museum wait so the the international dick museum
0: is is where somewhere over in europe see i if i was a betting man i would have thought for sure that it was at big ray hernandez's house
1: no he just has um he has that Lego one. Oh, ju- ju- just the Dildo Emporium. That's all Big Ray's yeah, got going for yes. him? Yeah, he, he's just got the... Uh, well, he does have you know the, the replica of the European Museum of Weld Endowed. Uh, but yeah, that's just a display that he has at the Dildo Emporium. What do you think,
0: man? Should we just wrap the show up there? Because it's all fucking downhill from here, ladies and gentlemen. I mean...
1: That what yeah. would, would you would you say it's going to be hard to top that open. Oh
0: man. You you know what that guy did? You know what he did? Chuck Schumer tell him
2: incited the erection.
0: That's right. Caused an erection.
1: That son of a bitch. Hey, well, once once we get into this politics, we got plenty of other, other boners to cover. <laughs> Yeah, there's a whole lot of butt-fucking
0: going on, that's for sure. Uh, First, got to get into your weekend update, brought to you by JustCBDStore.com. Visit our friends over there, put in your promo code HTM, 20% off. Yeah, and they ship it right to your door. You don't have to go and deal with dispensaries and shit. Complete incognito. Absolutely love it. Huckleberry, I we do the weekend update, and and I'm sure you've got a whole bunch of cool stuff. But I, I want to talk a little bit of Super Bowl. We're kind of going to bookend this thing today. Um, be, but I want to talk about everything that wasn't the game. I want to talk commercials. I want to talk halftime because I was really really let down. I was really disappointed this year, man. Like even the Super Bowl commercials, just they they weren't that good. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. They weren't that good. This this was probably the worst year for Super Bowl commercials I can remember. In fact, like even thinking back to like what was the commercial of the night? And I I had to come up with like a a whole like running back by committee kind of thing. Like there was not that one commercial that really stood out.
1: Well, I think it was really a reflection of of the season itself. And what we see just as a whole in society, the juggernaut last week we we're talking about this, it's Super Bowl week, but it didn't have that Super Bowl week excitement about it. Nope. That you could tell that, you know, that this was the COVID stricken season. And it it echoed that throughout the entire week. You know, we didn't have all of the hype and the events and the press row. The interaction, all of the stars, if it be from the world of sports, entertainment, whatever the case might be, you didn't have them ascending onto Tampa to kind of take over that, that hub of the world when it came to sports and entertainment. It, it just it wasn't there. And it really echoed throughout the presentation, not necessarily on the field, but all of the other theatrics that people have come to not just expect, but greatly look forward to. When it comes to Super Bowl, of course, you know, the, the big, the over-the-top epic halftime shows, the the memorable commercials, the ones that are, who's going to hit that home run, those companies that come out of nowhere that leave that lasting impression. Well, I don't want to say that everything was a complete, completely missed the mark. It, it just didn't have that same sentiment, that same vibe to go along with it. When we get into the commercials, though, I mean, you got to look at how many of the big boys, the the... The usual suspects were missing from this thing. The, the one that really
0: stood out to me was the Clydesdales. Like uh, we, we get a Clydesdale commercial every year. I don't
1: remember seeing a, a Budweiser Clydesdales commercial this year. They were gone. Budweiser did not participate in in any advertising at the Super Bowl this year.
0: And that's just bizarre to
1: me. You, you didn't see Coca-Cola. Wow, yeah. Didn't even think about that one. They, they all stepped aside. And I know a lot of people are looking for the different reasoning here, Jargo, but let's be honest with it. Everything comes down to when you're, when you're looking at these major corporations and their marketing strategies and their advertising campaigns, it's an, it's an ROI, return on investment. And as you're looking at the Super Bowl itself, were they really expecting blockbuster ratings Just by using the regular season and the other major sporting championships as a measuring stick, I think they what they saw the writing on the wall and what was proven to be true is you saw a significant dip in the ratings for this game and the return on investment wasn't there for that high of a ticket price for a 30 second block of advertising. And especially, you know, when you look at inside of just that 30-second block on television, you can redirect those efforts and those funds to all the other interaction that you have surrounded around the game. And that being your, your social media engagements and how other people are following and tracking. While they might be watching the game, they're using those other platforms to perhaps track, you know, statistics, they're interacting with other fans. Another uh, tremendous dynamic you've got to look at. We look at the drop in this rating here. I, I got the number kind of heady, but 96.4 million viewers this year. 96.4 down from hundred and two, roughly 102 last year, correct?
0: Yeah. Now, I, I, I guess that's one of the talking points right there. Does that surprise
1: you at all? No, and I don't think you know. And a lot of people immediately want to point to a quality of a game. I uh, the, the number was much higher than
0: I anticipated. I thought it would drop off even further than that.
1: I I have to be honest. I'm I'm with you. We're in the same boat. I think that they should be ecstatic about that ninety six point four.
0: Yeah, I mean ratings Morgan were Society- down all season. And and if you look at the percentage that the ratings were down during the regular season versus the percentage that the Super Bowl is down, the Super Bowl did much better than I anticipated.
1: I thought they'd be closer to ninety. I I'm with you again, Jar. On that, I thought it would. I thought it might even dip down into those 80s. I, I thought that the NFL, the advertisers, the networks that they they probably around that 86 or higher would have been happy. Yeah. But I don't think that has to do with the quality of a product or tangibles of the the presentation. Well, let's just look at society inside of itself. We're, we're talking about that excitement around this time of year. We got some. You got a huge portion of the fans that are absolutely terrified to go even interact with anyone. You you've got businesses that are under restriction. You've got some states where they got businesses closed right now. Yeah, you, you lose that entire aspect that appeal. Of what the Super Bowl truly is all about, about bringing individuals together like that.
0: There was one metric that went up quite considerably, and that is the amount of gambling that people did on the Super Bowl this year. Rick, I guess this is a great place for you to go ahead and plug what you and JB have been doing over on Facebook in the Hami Media Discussion
1: Group. Uh, That bottom line sports book, it seems like that's really catching on, my friend. Yeah, we've had some tremendous success. JB and myself, we got this thing rolling. It's kind of a, a little pilot project to see if it, if it was going to have legs under it. And we wanted to really center this thing around the NFL playoffs heading into the Super Bowl. But each week we've been sitting down for a half hour, in large part making it a, a Facebook exclusive. We did we did post on to YouTube for the Super Bowl to kind of grow our audience there. But we've had tr- tremendous feedback, tremendous viewership. Any Each episode anywhere, uh, just on the Facebook, anywhere between 400 and 500 views. We try to keep it short and sweet, under 30 minutes. We're hitting the big bets of the week, uh, and really in his specialties where, where he thrives at. And so, going forward with football behind us, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot more NBA, U, uh, UFC. He's real big into at tennis. We're gonna be covering that. We're gonna have some soccer action for you. And in, in a case, we're gonna get, we're getting geared up for March Madness. So we have got uh, an entire plate of sports to cover for you but yeah that is the bottom line sports book with myself and and jb news drop on the weekend we sleep down try to record those on thursdays to have those out on out for you on fridays but yeah this you know we last week we covered everything from the the spread the over under to a handful of prop bets did you cover the streaker did you get odds yes. on the streaker? We actually we actually talked about the streaker inside of something, and, and the reason that came up in conversation was a bit of a spinoff uh, about when we were talking about a, one of the most popular prop bets, and that is the color of Gatorade that the winning coach will be showered in.
0: And they missed uh, the shot. How do you miss that shot?
1: Uh, I, 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 I was on the edge of my seat. That was the only bet that I had lost. The the only one that I I'd missed, I hit on the coin flip, I hit on the first and last team scoring, I hit on the the winner, I hit on the over under, and I hit on the MVP. Six for seven, so so it wasn't a it wasn't a bad outing.
0: It's a pretty good day. Uh, there, there were some other pretty good days, including the streaker. If, if in case anybody hasn't heard, he was thrown in jail, had to pay a thousand dollars to get out of jail, but he. Had won $375,000 that night because he put down $50,000 on Will there be a streaker at the Super Bowl? He made damn sure he won that bet. $374,000 profit.
1: Congratulations to him. He was the big winner of the night. Hey, just, just proof that no matter how down and out you think you are, always bet on yourself. Damn right. And, and amazing things can happen, but hey, Jargo, I don't—he's not the big winner of the night. Mattress Mac, who going into the game had the biggest wager of the year, he laid down three point four six million dollars. He was getting three and a half points for the Buccaneers to win. Good on him. Uh, th- there
0: was a few big winners. Uh, just looking at New Jersey. Last year their revenue brought in from gambling on Super Bowl Sunday 54.3 million dollars this year 117.4 Million dollars um, Looking at Vegas Vegas actually down a little bit Which I don't think is a big surprise to anybody Given you know that we got to limit the number of people In casinos and whatnot. 154 million down to 136 But as you look throughout all of the states Man I mean hell even in Iowa The gambling went way up 16.3 million From 6.5 million Like
1: there, that's where all the Freaking money was this year you're saving all that money uh, on not going out to the Super Bowl parties, uh, half-barrel pizzas, wings, all of that. You got It's burning a hole in your pocket, right? You're, you're trying to fancy up a little more interest in the game, so why not put some play on it?
0: Yeah, might as well, right? Might as well. What did you think was the commercial of the night? Was there a commercial that stood out to you throughout the
1: course of the evening? Uh, not necessarily. I, I guess when it came to commercials, what really stood out to me is the the pro wrestling rub. You see Ric Flair involved. You had John Cena in a couple commercials. Batista was in there.
0: Dude, that John Cena freaking watermelon Mountain Dew commercial was something. It was something.
1: Yeah, I, and I guess well, looking at the commercials here, and I'll be honest with you, in-game, and it's been a while since I've really been really excited or even I guess even remotely interested in the commercials themselves. That's you know, really where I've turned my attention to. If I'm at a party, that's when I really want to, you know, talk about, you know, what kind of bets we've got placed, what's going on in squares games, break down the action, you know, but why you got a break on the field. So I had to go back and watch a bunch of these things. And I went through a couple of them this morning. It's still really, none of them really jumped out at me. And, and I was really looking forward, without those big names, those major players in advertising and and sales that were there, who was going to who could rise to the the top? You know, who could really make their name known? And I don't I don't think there was
2: one.
0: Well, I think the popular pick is probably the Bruce Springsteen Jeep commercial, um, which eh, it, it didn't really do a whole lot for Actually, me. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was kind of alienating to at least half of the country. But you know, mm-hmm. hey. If you just want to sell Jeeps to Democrats, that's fine. Um, I, I, for me, I really enjoyed the Edward Scissorhands commercial. Uh, retro was absolutely over big in the commercials this year, but I, I thought the Edward Scissorhands getting to drive a self driving car thing, I thought that I, I popped hard for that.
1: Yeah, we will go with that. You, you had, I just had it here. What were people talking about? Uh, oh, you had the, the reunion of Wayne and Garth. Man, I, I thought Mike Myers looked like shit. Like, how much makeup was Mike Myers wearing? Well, I mean, after all these years in that lifestyle, what would you expect Wayne and Garth to look like? Well, yeah, I guess there is that. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised that we we haven't had at this point that, that Garth hasn't died of a heroin overdose or something.
0: Well, yeah, that would kind of kill the show, though. I mean, nobody wants to watch Wayne's World with just Wayne, right?
1: His name's on the marquee.
0: Yeah, I guess there's that. Uh, The the women were all talking about the Michael B. Jordan commercial, the Alexa commercial. Um, I don't think that commercial hit with the male demographic the way that they thought it would. I think uh, most of the guys that I know of, like it was intended for guys to laugh at, and instead I think it was more eye-rolling. just didn't land for me.
1: Well, I was even... but I did check this thing out and actually going through some of these. Oh, that was last year. Never mind. I thought we'd miss this one. That there was a Bud Light commercial, but there wasn't the, uh, I think, you know, you do, you are trying to sell that sex appeal to the women because, you know, as I'm just talking about. They went wow, sex appeal I,
0: for the women and humor for the men. And they got the sex appeal, right? The humor just didn't land.
1: It would be kind of interesting to be a fly on the wall or sitting on those meetings there when, when they are targeting, is without any sound evidence. I know I should have brought this to the table here, but you got to believe, you know, there are certain aspects of this game and the presentation of it when they absolutely are are kind of pushing the males to the side and really focusing on that female demographic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and you got to believe that there are quite a few individuals as myself that really don't care about the commercial.
0: Well, and when you think about it kind of on principle, right? Like they're advertising Alexa, Alexa is basically a shopping assistant. The people who typically do the shopping are going to be the women. And the guys find, you know, the whole, why do you need a shopping assistant thing eye rolling? So maybe I guess it it kind of hit in that way. Uh, Let's talk about the halftime show because, Rick, I'm not sure I've ever seen a more polarizing halftime show because it seems like a lot of people really, really like this and a lot of people really, really hated this. Um, I am more in the latter category, but it had nothing to do with the music. Uh, when they went inside of the stage and did that, whatever you want to call what they were doing inside of the stage with all the dancers and the crazy camera movements. Uh, I had two thoughts. Number one, Kevin Dunn must be absolutely loving this. And number two, I think I'm going to have a seizure. Like. It was ridiculous. Like they, they should have put up a warning for that segment of the Super Bowl halftime show. It was. I, I was seriously nauseous watching that. It was like motion sickness, like when you watch Blair Witch for the first time, and you're like, "Oh my God, okay, and we're running through the woods again." Jesus Christ, can we make this stop? That was the feeling that I got from it. It had nothing to do with the music. The music was fine. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the weekend. But as far as like the actual presentation goes, that entire scene of the halftime show, I could have done without.
1: Well, you're, you're not going to start sporting your official NFL Super Bowl apparel jockstrap mask? It was the first time I ever wanted the weekend to be over. I have to admit, you know, I, I felt kind of bad last week at the Royal Rumble. When I didn't know who Bad Bunny was, but I, I figured I could give myself a pass as he was more of a, a Latin sensation. I don't speak the language; not really my sort of vibe. I had never heard of Bad Bunny before the Royal Rumble either. Okay, so I, I, I there was a lot of people like me, so I, I felt okay after the Royal that.
0: Rumble, I hope I never hear about him again.
1: Well, ain't going anywhere, buddy. That dude was awful, man. That he's, performance he, was He is not going anywhere. Incredible sales. He shot the number one for WWE in apparel sales. Are you serious? And Wait, is already, the guy still
0: on television?
1: They've already inked a deal, and he is going to be involved in something at WrestleMania. Looks like he'll be in a match. Uh, right now, he is currently, they have paired him with Damian Priest. Well, I will say that the crossbody off the top
0: rope when he took out Miz and Morrison at the rumble was more enjoyable than his performance. Like maybe he's a better wrestler than he is entertainer because well, that, was, that still was still pretty was bad. Awful. That was still
1: pretty bad too. Uh but it did happen to be better. It wasn't the worst celebrity top rope stunt that we had seen in wrestling this year. Week. Well, yeah, because Snoop Dogg. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, uh, Bad Bunny will not be going anywhere. He's going to be there at WrestleMania. As long as he stops performing that awful music. And, and then we, we've got also got that Bow Wow. He has been all over social media saying that he is ready to transition to fulfill a lifelong dream and become a WWE superstar. And then from inside WWE, one of the executives recently made a statement in an interview or some kind of release That the company is actually in talks with Cardi B. Oh, but anyway, anyway, back to the weekend. Wow, the weekend up, the weekend update. I didn't know who the weekend was. Here, I'm sorry, I'm stuck on this Cardi B thing. Like,
0: well, I had, I had heard. You know, I've, I've never been one of those guys to push the whole cancel WWE network things. But this might be a
1: breaking point for me. Ah, oh, dude, we talked about it. We talked about it before here on the Hitting the Marks podcast. If you have an opportunity to do any sort of business with Cardi B, I mean, you, I would approve of doing more Saudi shows than doing a show with Cardi B. No, you do any. If she wants to do business. Okay, that you might sign be the deal. Extreme. You make it happen.
2: Oh, now yeah, but... the,
1: the now the trick is, and I'm not opposed, everybody freaking out about, you know, you know about this bad bunny involvement and all that. I'm not a, totally opposed to something like that for, for WWE. Cause I mean, look what the participation with some of these major stars does for these other major sporting groups like the NFL here. You, know, you got people buzzing. It's a huge conversation piece uh, every year about celebrities that are in commercials and who's involved in a halftime show. It becomes a part of the product, the presentation, and it gives you that crossover appeal. It opens you up to so many different demographics and markets. So I'm absolutely okay inside of pro wrestling with using those types of with those types of names, but that it has to be presented properly without making a mockery of the actual what you were trying to present as a legit form of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, the weekend supposedly here that he bought his way, made a, a huge financial investment to be able to secure this spot to to perform at halftime. Right. Uh, I'm sure you want to have that conversation, but, it, it, but you see the difference is he is contributing through his performance, through his artistic stylings. It's not like he paid to suit up. You know, to just go stand there on the sideline and you know potentially get in there for one of the teams when the game was out of hand. That's that's a kind of difference in how you're yeah. presenting those two. And I know people say, well, WWE is mean, completely different, it's not a legitimate sport, but it still needs to be presented that way to a certain extent.
0: Um the the, the whole pay to play aspect thing, it's stupid. That that's pretty much all I got to say about it. I mean, it's been this way forever. It's it's not like this is a new occurrence. I mean, I, I've fifteen twenty years ago, I'd probably go off on like a fifteen minute rant about it. But at this point, it's just like this is just commonplace. This is how this operation works. It's, it's like part $7 of an investment, dollars or something like that.
1: Yeah, it was seven million. It's part of an investment, correct? It's it's no different. He was
0: on ninety six and a half million televisions.
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's no different than during every break when you saw a commercial. Yep. And and if, you know, now it's just coming, this is coming to the surface. This is making headlines because the weekend is, is maybe what a star on the rise, maybe not as well known, doesn't have that legacy, Well, but I knew, no matter, I knew no matter who he was no, no matter who's been in that position though, if it's Timberlake or Janet Jackson, someone was paying to get that spot. Yeah,
0: it's typically, it's the label. It's just, you know, the labels don't have nearly as much power as they did even five years ago, let alone going back 15, 20 years. Um, But I think this is going to be a trend, especially when you start talking about these people on independent labels that are just bypassing record companies. This is going to be their big buy for the year. I mean, and it's going to be artists on the rise that maybe you haven't heard of because they're the only ones that are going to be spending the freaking money. Uh, The musical performance for me that I thought was awesome. Fucking Metallica was on Stephen Colbert after the Super Bowl. And it was like holy shit. Like this year off Metallica found their fucking balls. Like they actually sounded like Metallica. Like I think the the entire year off the whole pandemic, I think a lot of these bands are going to come back and you're going to be like, holy shit. I forgot how fucking good they were. Like just being able to take time off, decompress. You're not in the studio recording an album. You're not on tour you're not it's crazy it was that was the best metallica
1: performance i'd heard in 20 years uh, and how you feel about doing business with cardi b is exactly how i feel about watching colbert oh well i i, I get that but you know they literally there is there, there is, abs- there, is so. there is no way absolutely zero way that you're getting me to sit through more than accidentally not having the remote ready to go when the show comes on
0: all those shows are awful they're just absolutely uh, i got awful. uh
1: colbert to an extent kimmel there the what's the, the samantha b show and the daily show i cannot get to my remote fast enough when they're when their openings start rolling
0: yeah no i'm, I'm with you on that with you on all of that Really the only other big thing I had going on Over the course of the real weekend Not the artist, the real weekend Was uh, we, we've we got a new show On the HDM Podcast Network Eric's EDM World Is now available, his, his first episode With uh, Mr. Paul Thomas Out there putting out the interviews I listened to part of it I mean I'm not, I'm not a big EDM guy uh, Rick I assume that you, you probably don't even know what EDM is um, but, but if you're into that, check it out. It's a good show. I enjoyed it.
1: Rick just, nods his head. yeah. No, I thought you were playing like a clip from it or something.
0: Oh God, no. I'm not playing EDM <laughs> on this show.
1: Well, I, I thought you might do like his opening or something. I don't know.
0: Okay. Let's have a seven second dance party. <laughs>
1: No, but no, you know, to go back there to put over Eric, a good old friend of mine. Uh, while, yes, uh, I might not be hip to the EDM scene, uh, I did give the show a, less, uh, a listen. Uh, I really enjoyed his, uh, Eric's flow. He kind of mixed it up, you know. It's just not about the music. Got some other takes in there, some other things to, you know, to kind of whet the appetite. Got to talk about so, that uh, damn
0: Kentucky basketball.
1: Yeah, you know, so congratulations, Eric. I know he's been... Look at kind of expand those passion projects, and he wants to kind of keep trans- transform, evolving, and keep it moving. I think this will be a, a tremendous platform for him. I uh, also like to welcome him aboard.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk some real shit uh, as we sit here and record right now. Opening statements underway. The trial of Donald Trump, part two. Yeah, the media has been waiting for this one. They are just salivating over this because Rick. Where the fuck is Trump? Where's where, Where's Trump at? Re, remember, we were gonna have to get like the military to go to the White House and drag him out of there. And even once he left office, he'd be out there, and we would have a daily commentary of of the Joe Biden presidency coming from Trump. And he's he's not gonna just bow out like he's supposed to. He's gonna be getting. Where the fuck is Trump? The media is losing their shit. And then when the attorneys say no, Donald Trump is not gonna come and testify during the impeachment trial. It's not gonna happen. And then the media was like, well fuck! Where the fuck is he? Where we, we have to talk about Now we're talking about the fact that there's nothing to talk about with Donald Trump. That's where we have gotten to. Like within the first two minutes of your national newscast. Where is Donald Trump?
1: It's hilarious. I'm waiting for the, these national emergency alerts to hit our phones. Oh, my you know, God. The ones, that, the ones that wake you up overnight. The amber uh, the alerts. The, the ear-piercing alerts that you get here. Someone is missing. This is of the most critical, extreme importance to turn all of our attention towards this, where in many cases, yes, they're not to make light of, of those warnings, because actually I had a few of them today. So there was a, a child abduction in in Columbus, uh, they quickly yeah. diffuse it and were able to, to find the individual, the culprit that was responsible and, and the child is safe. But yeah, you, you called this a couple weeks ago, Jargo. You talked about what, what are they going to rely on? What kind of nonsense are they going to continue to generate if Donald Trump is out of office? And now that that has come to fruition and you saw the, the quiet exit, it, it, one of the things that, that yes, I was absolutely pleading with President Trump for is to just go underground, to to stop feeding these jackals, these baboons, to to stop giving them these opportunities to create this just pure and utter nonsense. And, And that's what he's absolutely done. But on the counter of that, though, as the left, extreme left media continues to try and crucify, unjustly crucify this individual. They are just further exposing themselves as the ultimate... They're they're living up to the logo as the jackasses that they are. Yeah,
0: It is just incredible watching the media coverage of nothing. Because there's nothing. There's nothing to talk about. And yet, that's all that they can find a way to talk about.
1: And the picture that continues to be painted, not just week to week, not even just day to day, hour to hour, it's individual by individual coming coming from the from the left here that that are unrighteously going along with this witch hunt the the bs that they just continue to spew just further exposes absolutely how out of touch they are with the true woes and, and the worries of society
0: well the thing that kills me is this entire impeachment is being built around Donald Trump saying If you want to have a country, you got to fight like hell. I mean, you've heard the audio clip. Fuck, here's the audio clip.
1: We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Now,
0: I mean, that's really what the entire impeachment is being built around, is that one little phrase. Um, Unfortunately, for some other people who might be pushing this narrative, I found this.
2: In the Senate, Democrats are going to fight like hell to make this a reality.
1: I want the people of Pennsylvania, the people all across this country to know that we are going to fight like hell to protect your
2: vote, to secure your vote and to make sure that your vote is counted. Well, I'll tell you, I'm confident that we're going to fight like hell to make sure they can.
0: We are going to fight like hell to make sure that everyone who wants to vote can exercise that right to vote. This election is coming, whether the president wants it or not. And we're going to fight like hell in Congress to make sure that the mail still works.
1: Today, Biden's VP Kamala Harris told supporters in a fundraising note that it is time to, quote, fight like hell to protect the Supreme Court following the passing of late Justice
2: Ginsburg. That legacy of rights needs to be continued i'm going to fight like hell speaking for myself i'm going to fight like hell Aaron, we're going to fight like hell the reforms we're going
1: to fight like hell to get those reforms in i and i know many
2: other senators and
1: members of the house will fight like hell to make sure that we act and act as soon as possible i just have one thing to say about the next eight days i'm going to fight like hell the president will go into the white house
0: and we'll fight like hell. Yep, there's there's two and a half minutes of all of them. Pelosi, Schumer, Maxine Waters, we have to fight like hell. 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 This is just a common goddamn thing that they say in Washington, D.C., and if you start doing this shit on one person, eventually the other party is going to come in. And, and and Rick, I scream about this all the time, that short-term politics creates long-term precedent this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well at all. This is absolutely pointless. There's, They they could have walked in today and said, okay, let's vote. Instead, no, we are going to drag this on for the better part of a week and a half for the television production of it before we have a vote that we could basically tell you right now how it's going to go and it's going to end up with Trump being acquitted.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and rightfully so is – this thing has zero legal legs to stand on. And now, Jarco, as you lay it out there, and that's absolutely what we are getting day in, day out from those inside the hearings, from those that are responsible for reporting this, this manipulated mainstream media that is responsible for reporting this. But what, are, what aren't we hearing about? What, what we're not hearing about are the individuals that truly are in need. It is asinine as the importance that Certain people are placing on it. It is their stimulus money that are those individuals that are still worried about if they're going to be able to make mo- next month's rent, if they're going to be able to pay off the you know those bills from the holidays, if they're going to be able to put food on the table. We are we're still not clarifying anything with these kids and what they are still the struggles that they are still dealing with day in day out about the future of our education system when they're going to be able to get back to a little bit of normalcy when we're going to lift this weight physically and mentally off of our youth. We're not hearing anything about that. We're not hearing anything about the hundreds of thousands that lost their employment, lost their way of life because of a stroke of a pen. That is all being, it's the the -the run-of-the-mill BS magic trick that they're trying to occupy us, with everything, it's still all about the focal point on Trump. He is still this demonic being that is destroying our country, which is absolute garbage when they're not addressing any of the real situations.
0: And the real situation when it comes to the impeachment is you need a two-thirds vote in order to convict Donald Trump of anything. That means you have to get 17 Republicans to flip. That's not going to happen. There is a 0% chance that that is going to happen. And everybody with a brain who follows this shit knows that the problem that I have is the way that the media is spinning this and the way that they are talking about this, because Rick, unfortunately, I think there is at least half of the country that thinks this is a possibility. That thinks that we're finally gonna get him. This is fi- The Senate, they don't have a choice. They don't have, a, they're gonna have to convict him. And I, I say that because I see these people on social media and I just, I, I think to myself, oh, get down off of your left wing Kool Aid and, and come back to reality. It's not gonna happen. But then I find shit like this from CNN. And, and the thing about this that just kills me is the phrasing and the language that they use in covering this. The opening of the article, the simple question posed by Donald Trump's second impeachment trial that begins Tuesday is whether a president who loses reelection can get away with a violent coup attempt and a desperate bid to stay in power.
1: Did they watch the same fucking shit that I did? Because that ain't what I saw at all. Well, again, this, you go back, you you look at what our elected, quote unquote, so-called leaders, what they are spewing. You you look what this manipulated mainstream media from the left continues to spew. This article just echoes that. I mean, that opening paragraph, it's just like, whoa, what the fuck? What I I really like out of this, you know, instead of approaching this from a mature manner, really looking at the situation inside of itself. And there might be some issues in there that, that absolutely need to be addressed. You know, if anything, this would be more about making sure that, a serious situation like they're trying to magnify this to, into doesn't happen. So, I mean, if then we're actually – we should be having a conversation about if they can make changes to the law instead of trying to bend this to fit their agenda, which is a complete joke. But you go right back to us: these people, you know, how can we ex- prevent somebody from starting something like this and then running? But they continue to magnify the situation like it was, ultra, like it was doomsday. Like, you know, they're in Japan and they're looking up and here comes an atomic bomb. Again, how out of touch these individuals are with the real woes of society. I don't care what side of the fence you're on here, what side you you, you vote towards, left, right, where you lean. These individuals are elected officials. All sides are completely out of touch here. Just what I laid out to you, the people that live in the the poverty, the crime ridden, the businesses that are going down, the the people that are looking to the government for real help, continue to just have smoke blown up their behinds.
0: It's just incredible the verbiage that is used, you know, that it's like, and, and, and people watch this or read this and all they do is watch or read
1: CNN exclusively and that's it. And and, and you'll get some of these stories where they'll twist them, where it's just not coming from a CNN where you're tracing this. It's going to other platforms where you're seeing this here. And then also on that in defense of something like this that you'll see from the right from Fox, they need to go to extremes themselves. So it's beginning to you're terrifying and horrifying individuals from both sides of this. It's like they're trying to
0: legitimately turn Washington into the TV show Twenty Four. You know what I mean? Where that's the way that it's covered. So everything has to be overly dramatic. Everything is turned up to eleven. I mean, it's it really is like it's become pro wrestling.
1: If only we could get a a fraction of that pro wrestling today.
0: I know, but it's the thing that's insane is to see a different narrative of the same exact show all you got to do is change the channel you know like you're getting one narrative you're getting one story on fox news and then you switch over to msnbc and it's like wow this is all the same characters and everything but i feel like i'm watching a completely
1: different show hey what's truly incredible about this you know this you've worked in media long enough you've done events, you've done advertising. There's individuals there that are getting paid to play. Yeah. I absolutely, I, if CNN wanted to pay me the big bucks, we me, I could come twist everything. They want it in their favor. We will scare the living hell out of this world. We right. will paint you the story, the portrait of the ultimate evil. And it's all for the glorification of, of padding their bank accounts.
0: Yeah. And in the meantime, absolutely
1: nothing has happened. You know what I mean? Uh, but, but but as ridiculous and, and moronic as all that sounds, Yargo, I uh, let's hit that info commercial. But wait, there's more. Well, I, but I guess the biggest thing is
0: they could stop this, and they could stop this right fucking now. Um, what what is happening today? These like basically opening statements that we are hearing today, as we record right now. This this will be dated by the time I release it tonight. Um, they will vote today as to whether or not this impeachment trial is even constitutional. Like they have to have a vote that they even want to proceed with this inside yeah, so
1: of the Senate. Right now, we are in a pre-trial to even right. see if there could be a trial.
0: Right, and and they are going to vote on that. Today on Tuesday. So by the time you hear this early Wednesday morning, it's already dated. But the point in they could stop it right fucking now. I mean, it's, it's that easy. They could literally stop this entire thing right fucking now and start focusing on COVID. Knowing full fucking well what the result of this is going to be in a week and a half. But they're not going to. They're going to go on with this just for the fucking TV shit. The
1: impeachment of the impeachment of the impeachment.
0: (sighs) So today, on Tuesday, they're going to vote on whether or not the trial is constitutional. Then on Wednesday, as you're listening to this, opening arguments will be starting. Um, Both the House managers, as well as Trump's attorneys, will have 16 hours over two days to present their case to the Senate they don't have to use 16 hours. Thank freaking God. I expect the Trump team will be in and out in probably about an hour and a half. But I do expect that the house managers are just going to show you video for basically like 16 hours of whatever the hell happened on January 6th. The question is, did Trump incite it? And I think the, the, Clear answer to that at this point, knowing what everybody knows and everything that has come out about January 6th, this was going to happen anyway. Trump could have went up and talked about fucking rainbo- rainbows and unicorns, and this was
1: going to happen anyway. I mean, there's, there's no denying. Yes, Trump is an antagonist. He is going to work you. He's going to get heat. We, we knew that long before He ran for the office of president. Yeah. But again, it's about fitting an agenda and this mass wicked manipulation.
0: Okay. So after the opening arguments, then we go on this process of days worth of senators asking questions and the actual trial, which isn't really a trial, but that's a whole nother podcast. All in all, if everything goes, ideally, we could start opening arguments right around, like, Sunday. So early next week, they're going to vote. Trump's going to be acquitted. And then what? That's my question. And then what? Once they acquit Trump, and then what? Does Trump come out, like, like let's say they vote on Tuesday morning. Does Trump come out on, like, Tuesday afternoon and announce his candidacy for 2024?
1: No, I think what you'll have is you'll have subcommittees that are already probably in place, set to go, that'll start uncovering, quote unquote, uncovering other criminal activity that supposedly happened during his four years in office. I think that is why why it is so important for the left right now, for those in favor of these impeachment hearings, to get through this initial is it constitutional? so that they can continue to go back to the same well over and over you know just like just like they did on the other rounds of impeachment how many different charges did they try to trump up no pun intended before they could get something to stick there right in the meantime we have
0: these people that have completely lost their fucking minds rick uh, i came across this article um, I might have to link this in the show notes so people can take a look at it. Um it, it showed up in the LA Times by Virginia Heffernan.
1: I'm gonna be sharing this thing everywhere. this I Jarca, you said this to me. I started reading it. I could not believe it, that this was actual a, a real article. I mean I had to, I had to go look. was this kayfabe news? Was this the onion? <laughs> I, I thought you were seriously knowing how the ups and downs. I said the roller coaster that preparing for these shows is. I, I I thought it was a rib, dude.
0: No, so the the article is what can we do about the Trumpites next door? And I I I will link this in the notes because people need to to have a, a look at this. This lady is very very upset, um, because the Trump supporters next door.
1: Moved the snow out of her driveway. Yeah, that that that's. Well, hold on. As I said there before, you're looking for stupidity. Wait,
0: there's more. Um, and and then she goes on, to compare Trump supporters to you know like members of Hezbollah, and Al
1: Qaeda, and Nazis. Simply under the, the bases of these individuals that are. are Obviously, obviously, it, total evil, pure rottenness to their core, would still have the audacity to help one another.
0: And I'm just, I'm mind blown by this. Like, there are people, like the the author of the article, who your political affiliation literally determines if they want you to exist in their world. Like if you supported Donald Trump, if you voted for Donald Trump, i can't be friends with you anymore. It's like, really on, on what plane of existence does that make any sense? I mean, if, if I'm not friends with anybody who doesn't see the world like me, I would be a very lonely guy. It doesn't make any kind of logical sense. I don't care if you voted for Hillary Clinton. I don't care if you voted for Joe Biden. I don't care if you voted for Donald Trump. I don't care if you voted for Joe Jorgensen. I care about who you are as a human fucking being. Good God. I just, I don't understand it, man.
1: Well, I, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, Virginia Heffernan, uh, she's she's about damn list to my close to five individuals I don't want to say that I hate anyone, but they're right up there close to that that I can't stand it. And, and I look at her here. Quick Google, you want to talk about the face of a bitter bitch.
0: Time Here, just towards the, the end of the article here. So here's my response to my plowed driveway for now. Politely, but not profusely, I'll acknowledge the Sassian move with a wave and a thanks a minimal start on building back trust. But I'm not ready to knock on the door with a covered dish yet. I also can't give my neighbors absolution. It's not mine to give. Free driveway work, as nice as it is, is just not the same currency as justice and truth. Are you fucking shitting me, lady? Holy Fucking shit, man! Like these people exist and people read this shit. And I just wow, wow. And
1: people think conspiracy theorists are nuts. Holy shit! You know, it, it really—you hear these comparisons of <laughs> of different groups of if it be currently around the world throughout history, and you look at this per, this individual. I don't even know if I want to dignify her as an individual. I don't, it, you know, look at what this, this person, I, hell, I don't even know what, what the hell's a good term for this, but uh, the bullshit that is being spewed here, what are, how do they truly view the world? What do they think that the rest of this world would do without the American lifestyle? <laughs> it, wow, dude. The rest of the world is, is not about They're not going to come in here and hold our hand And they're not going to skip rope and talk about Marshmallows and rainbows They will come in here and completely dominate us And individuals like this Will be the ones that are completely Annihilated
0: Just absolutely incredible Between that CNN article And this article I'm I'm with Demetrios Zordos. He he left a comment on my top ten the other day. He says, you know, Jargo, every time I read your top ten, I lose a little bit more faith in humanity. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, that's not necessarily the intended goal, but you know, if it works for you, what can I do? But you know, every once in a while I get one right, Rick. Every once in a while I get one right. And guess what it is? The fucking Mink are back. Yeah, yeah. Going through some shit the other night and I came across this. Now, for those of you who who might just be getting onto the mink train, if you missed a couple of episodes, Rick, I've been on this for the better part of what? Two months, three months? It's absolutely insane.
1: Uh, we've been we've been back here pushing what three months. And this was a story that we, I believe, had first or second episode, and it is somehow like these minks. It just won't die. It just <laughs> continues to resurface every couple of weeks. So so here is a, a real quick kind of
0: recap on the fucking zombie Mank. All right. The WHO identified this this cluster five is what they're calling it now. This variant spread of COVID nineteen on November sixth. All right. On November thirteenth. They came out and said the COVID mink analysis shows mutations are not dangerous to humans. Mutated COVID-5 strain sweeps through Denmark mink farms on November 17th. As of December 1st, Denmark cull 17 million mink in a country of 5 million people. They kill 17 million mink and bury their bodies. And then the bodies start resurfacing because they didn't dig the graves deep enough. So that then we have the zombie mink. But now, on February 6th, Rick, guess what we have? The variant linked directly to the mink found in the United States in a North Carolina lab. The first case of Denmark Cluster 5 variant And this is the variant that everybody is losing their freaking minds about right now. They keep calling it the UK variant. It is the Cluster 5 variant, which you can trace directly to Denmark and the fucking mink. I've been all over this shit. I've been telling people to to pay attention to this fucking shit. And now we know... This is why the fucking mink were all taken out, because that's where it fucking came from. Cluster five, does that even sound like a, a an actual mutated variant? Like that shit sounds straight up out of a lab. We have the cluster five serum right over here, sir. Oh yeah, we're gonna test it on the mink because you know they have so their human body biology. It's so close to a human. We're gonna test it on all the mink. Oh look, it works great. It works great. Oh shit, all the mink are dying. You know what? Kill all of them! Mink, take them all out. There can be no record of what happened here in Denmark. Something's rotten in the state of Denmark, Rick, and it's the fucking zombie mink.
1: Yeah, cluster five. You know, That kind of sounds like a delicious, sweet treat. Maybe some uh, some caramel, some nougat, some some of the, the crispy little rice treats in there. The uh, whatever it might. So let me ask you here, Jargo, is there any evidence or? Back up to how the hell it got here Nope Nothing Absolutely nothing
0: Very nice huh Yeah in North Carolina you know um, Even though they called a bunch of mink out in Oregon if you recall Uh, That was a few episodes back where we Talked about what was going on in Oregon so If I was actually going to trace it that's
1: Where I would go to is Oregon Uh, So even The fear there so why are we moving Them how many states time zones uh, i mean i guess obviously they're they're trying to prepare some tests on these things uh, the whole thing just seems absolutely absurd to me but yes only here only here on the hitting the mark's podcast Well, are you going to get the real scoop on the, the uh, cluster 5 operation mink
0: well and here's the thing that's so concerning about this the uk variant is they're not sure how these vaccines are going to react, you know, with this new variant. Um, Rick, we know how they are going to react with this new variant because this is the step that we skipped in the animal testing because every time they do the animal testing and they come up with a coronavirus vaccine, they're fine until, you know, the new mutation is introduced and then all the fucking mink die. We know this. This has been going on for fifty fucking years. We've traced this.
1: This maybe, maybe is really they, concerning. Maybe that's how. Uh, maybe that's how we're going to get all those new healthcare jobs that Biden had promised. This is really concerning. All, all the people that have taken the vaccine are going to drop dead.
0: Yeah, well, because now we have this new mutant. Oh, we don't know how the vaccine's going to work. Like they're building in excuses already. That's what they're doing. They are laying the foundation for the excuses. Hope you
1: enjoyed the Super Bowl. You're going to grow a hump next week.
0: Motherfuckers. Don't trust that fucking Moderna vaccine, man. Nope. Don't trust it at all. Um, Also, we have uh, breaking news. Uh, Rick, the the bugs in my apartment clearly going off in Washington, D.C. And it's just come to my attention that uh, Joe Biden has signed an executive order uh, requiring All men under the age of 18 to register with the cock
1: measuring authority. I'll tell you what, Biden, those executive orders, he uses that. He is faster with that pen than a male trans athlete at a female track meet.
0: Secretary of the CMA, Big Ray Hernandez.
2: Hey guys, it's the Andrew Bello from the Hameen Media Group Podcast of the Year, the Wednesday Locker Room, and the former host and founder of the Next Level Wrestling Podcast. It's 2021, and it's time to kick out and leave the past behind us. Hameen Media Group starts the year off with over 2.25 million downloads, and our fan base is continuing to grow every day. Thank you for subscribing and sharing all of our channels, podcasts and videos and for standing strong with HMG in the face of ongoing censorship. We will always adapt and overcome any obstacles put in our way. We will overcome and certainly achieve even more success in the ever-changing digital landscape. Please make sure you're subscribed to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you to all of the Patreon.com slash Hamin Media Group subscribers, home of the Rip Rogers FR podcast, named by Patreons to be their favorite show on the entire homie Media Group network. More content, including marketing and podcasting seminars, watch-alongs from Hamin's career in 2CW, OVW, DCW, and more. When you subscribe to Patreon.com slash Media Group, You are the fuel that drives HMG's free shows for the entire community. We salute you and thank you for your continued support in 2021. We continue our year supported by our daily listeners and our local sponsors, including ProWrestlingTees.com. Get the shirts of all your favorite Hameen Media Group wrestling personalities and support them directly. Greek God Papadon, Stevie Richards, Chris Silvio, SEG shirts for Big Sal, and of course, Bin Amin. Yola. Also check out zordosoliveoil.com. Make a healthy choice for 2021 when you cook with Zordos Ultra Premium Artisanal Olive Oil imported directly from Greece. Visit zordosoliveoil.com today and taste the difference of an ultra premium product for yourself. And wake up bro, it's time to get the official Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Kick the day off right bro with a cup of Brosters coffee The exclusive limited edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee is a medium roasted Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that will have you up and ready to go, bro. Order yours exclusively at thebroasters.com. And it's 2021, and the Hameen Media Group staff are all committed to Stevie Richards Fitness this year and getting ourselves into the best shape we've ever been in. You've seen Big Ray's amazing transformation, and there are plenty of SRF members interacting right now, motivating each other for the new year. So don't worry about gyms and lockdowns. Let's get in shape together, using our community for support and Stevie Richards Fitness to achieve our goals for 2021. Join us and visit StevieRichardsFitness.com for the most affordable and effective home workout program that will give you results, real results, 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichards.com and russobrand.com where the pros are pros bro hear the most valid opinions in wrestling from the pros who live it no other podcasting platform and online wrestling punditry has the lineup of wrestling stars like russobrand.com stevie richards disco inferno shane douglas just incredible big veto Stevie Ray, Taylor Hendricks, Bin Hameen, and now there's even more shows on the way with a partnership with the two-man power trip. Why would you go anywhere else but RussoBrand.com? We thank you for listening and being an incredible community of wrestling-addicted, conspiracy-minded, straight-brim hat-wearing infidels. By the way, Bin Hameen wrote this copy, and I'm currently in a basement being held at gunpoint. He's already shot Adler's twice, and I hope this is the correct style of intro he was looking for. So enjoy the show, HMG listeners. Please, for the love of Stevie, enjoy the show. All right, Huckleberry, it's time.
0: HTM Sports, and you know what we're talking about today. Oh, you know what we're talking about today. We're talking about the GOAT. That's what we're going to talk about. Tom fucking Brady. Holy shit, Huckleberry. You know, there's a lot of people very, very disappointed in this Super Bowl. I told you not to bet against the GOAT. I told all of you. You do not bet against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl unless he is playing against Eli Manning. Then it that, that's kind of like, you know, the little like sub edit. Eli Manning out of the league. Patrick Mahomes, thanks for coming. Nope. Tom Brady does it again. Rick, I, watching this game. It never felt like it was in question to me. I I never felt like from the opening kickoff, it was just like Tampa Bay is going to win this
1: game. Uh, Yeah, I think, you know, but rightfully so. People, you know, they were looking forward to an absolute people. They really needed it at this time. You were looking for that just down to the wire shootout between these two teams and they had tremendous potential to go that route when you look at these teams could have been firing on all cylinders, but this game, this was not lost by the chiefs. The Buccaneers went out there all facets of the game and just completely dominated and executed when they had to.
0: I thought it was right on the platform, right after the game, they asked Brady, you know, what what do you think about next year? Oh, we're coming back. Like didn't even think about it. Um, and now Fox bet favors Tampa Bay over green Bay as the NFC favorite going into the 2021 season, which seems absolutely ridiculous to me considering that they have 30 players under contract. They have 23 free agents on that roster. So I, who knows what that roster is going to look like by the time the season gets going. Um, But they've got one hell of a core down there. Todd Bowles, Um, Arguably, could have been the MVP of the game, Uh, the the defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rick, I I think the bigger story here is going to be our team's going to be able to copy this. Our team's going to be able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes with a four man front, with a five man front and be able to drop those safeties because it was the whole game. Todd Bowles is known as a blitzing defensive coordinator. He dropped into cover two like 92% of the snaps on this game. Those safeties were playing 14 yards off the ball. It was insane. They made damn sure Tyreek Hill was not getting over the top on them. And they trusted their linebackers to make plays underneath on Travis Kelsey. He was like, Kelsey was the only guy who put up any kind of numbers for Kansas city in this game. And they, they just give it to him and yeah, you can have those four yards. You can, you can have those six yards. You ain't getting nothing over the top. And at a certain point, That Kansas City offensive line just could not keep up with Tampa Bay's defensive front. It was ridiculous. Mahomes, under all kinds of duress throughout this game, 29 times he was hurried inside of this game. Brady was hurried five times. He was running for his life. Patrick Mahomes saw his future because when we pay Patrick Mahomes, this is the offensive line that you're going to get. And suddenly, Mahomes is running for his
1: life. Like, we've seen this pattern before. Yeah, I think, you know, that's the biggest story here. Kansas City coming in a, a little short on manpower, missing both tackles. So, and and rightfully so. Tampa targets that. You, you, you see a, a, a weakness in the armor. armor. You attack. And to their credit, you look at what, I mean, Mahomes was, was scrambling for his life. At it, it, every turn he could make. Usually, when you're fully expecting him, this is okay. You know he's he's eluded one, two. This is where he's going to break it. There would be three, four, five Buccaneer defenders swarming that area, absolutely ready to pounce. You've got that in the backfield. Then, as you as you said, Jargo, how heavily did they rely on those linebackers? Some incredible coverage with. With Kelsey, I mean, like you said, he's still in a struggling Kansas City offense. He still goes over 100 receiving. But of what significance were those gains? And in all the big plays that they really needed him to come up on, it, it it seemed that that pressure was getting to him. He had some big drops, some big misses.
0: Yeah, it, it was just – it was one of those games. And Kansas City refused to run the ball. I mean, that's how you counter that. Like, you can't go – you can't throw your way out of a cover two. It's like that. That just does not work. You have to be able to run the football, and it, it was like they just completely abandoned the run altogether. And I made the comment to a couple of Kansas City fans over the course of this week. I keep hearing this Kansas City secondary talking about how you know we can't let Brady come back at halftime. You know, no, no, Tommy, come back. Ain't happening. We got to keep our, our our foot on the throat. And I just thought, well, what happens if he has the lead at halftime? It completely fucks up your entire psyche if you're you're preparing yourself. We can't let Brady come back on us. We can't let Brady come back on us. Well, what what if you don't have the fucking lead? It completely changes everything, and it just. I thought Tampa Bay was just the better
1: football team. Hey, you know, last year I, I had kind of misspoken on this. I didn't realize this stat. I, I look at a team like Kansas City, they're very comparable to a Baltimore. You know, the, these, these high-profile offenses like this, they're usually not built for comebacks. Kansas City's had some very nice comebacks. Absolutely. Uh, five or so, that I believe this year. And at one point they came back on Houston, they were trailing by 22 and come back to win that thing by 20. So you have a you know close to a forty point swing there. They kind of had that manpower, but you're exactly right. It was almost as if they were so shell shocked, they were back on their toes. They had taken so many blows that those jabs in that first half it left them with with no no striking power to come back. That they were they were playing afraid. Tampa did it again, just like they did during the Green Bay game. That play to Scotty
0: Miller right before halftime killed Green Bay. In this game, they go over the top and they get the pass interference call. And that's what sets up the score right before the half. And from that point on, it's over. Kansas City never got back in that game.
1: Yeah, it, it is one of those things, too. What, what was the point in this game? I know you were so busy with everything going on at work. But with all the hecticness surrounding you, was there a point where you really felt, like truly felt, this is Kansas City is absolutely done?
0: Probably about nine minutes left in the fourth quarter.
1: I have to agree. I think I was right around the five. I was still looking for them to make some kind of big play, pull something off there around that three-minute mark. I, at that point, it was completely out of hand. But I was expecting a little more of an effort for them at the end, but still with how powerful this offense is. And when we know how good it is, and they're a tremendous football team, you you really got to, again, the Buccaneers went out and absolutely won this thing. And that's gotta be the most devastating part about this for Kansas city is, you know, it just, they were just owned.
0: Well, and that's the thing that kills me is I, I saw so much on social media, you know, Oh, oh well, know, Kansas going, City well, get so, out
1: of here with this, you know, oh, no. to those to those individuals. Well, 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 we'll
0: talk about the referee one in a oh, second. Okay. But oh, Kansas City just played like shit. Well, no. That's that that's not what I saw at all. What I saw was Tampa Bay playing that fucking good. That's what I saw. I didn't see Kansas City play like shit.
1: No, yeah, What I saw was a team that had found their stride. A team that had a championship mentality woven now fully woven into that system you bet the culture has changed in tampa even the success that that you saw that you witnessed last year with the super bowl win with kansas city the tremendous season that they had here what you would you lined up those two teams their resumes their experience it really showed that Kansas city still has a lot of growing to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing that absolutely killed me before we talk about the refs chiefs fans. Oh, we'll be back. Maybe, maybe let's not get overconfident here. Chiefs fans. You won a super bowl. Like you are now expecting that you are going to have a dynasty and it doesn't work that way. Getting the Super Bowls is hard. Winning Super Bowls is even harder unless your name is Tom Brady. Like, don't just expect that you're going to be back. I, it, this is a copycat league. If you can't figure out the cover two, guess how many times you're going to see cover two next year? Guess how many times those safety is going to be playing 14 yards off the ball? I don't know if everybody else has the personnel where they can pull it off, but well, they're going to run say, that
1: same scheme. You you especially, you now that this is kind of the blueprint has been laid out there, what sort of personnel do you think the Raiders, the yep. Broncos, and the Chargers are going to target? You
0: bet your ass.
1: You are going to see those teams featuring some studs, up front.
0: Yep. And studs on the back end. You betcha. As far as the referees go, um, Kansas City has no legs to stand on to me. None. I What I saw was a Kansas City defense that was playing tight bump-and-run coverage that were obviously coached to be overly aggressive thinking it's the Super Bowl, they're just going to let them play. That was not the case. And once you realize that is not the case, you have to make adjustments. You have to get back off of those receivers because if they're going to call it, they're going to call it. Now, when you look at Tampa and everybody said, like, well, we'll how come Tampa wasn't getting that call? Look at how far back the safeties are. Look at how far back the corners are. Even the corners are playing six yards off the fucking receivers. Go look at Kansas City. They were right on them. That's why they were getting called, because they were coached to be overly aggressive, thinking they would get away with it, and they straight up didn't. That's what I saw.
1: Uh, you know, I saw, again, as I'm talking about it, as great as Kansas City is, to me, it was the experience. Yep. Yep. Tampa Bay knew when to press the right buttons to get that reaction. And it, with Kansas City at that point being behind, something they're not very used to. And you, while you are playing against Brady, you have a tremendous competition there in the Buccaneers. The Chiefs, you got to believe that they were overconfident. This was their game. They, they were going to make this statement. They, it wasn't a passing of a torch. They were going to take that thing from Mahomes. And I much. think when, when when is you know Jurgis, you talk about the game plan. There is to make sure that when you get your lead, you keep your foot on the throttle, your full go the entire game, so that Brady can't go back. Well, when you have you know that that wrench thrown into the gears, there, you saw a great deal of panic from the Kansas City Chiefs. And I and I, I really think because. As more and more you see the memes and the complaints come out. I, I what really surprised me was the complaints about the officials inside the game. And that more or less was coming from those that that was just more brady hate. Now, as we're as we're days away and as we get into a week away and so on, I think more it's just about the entertainment aspect of the memes. You know those; those are where the the complaints are extending from. Watching this game, I thought the the officiating crew did a fantastic job. Yeah, you're you're, you throughout anything you have human error. You're you're gonna have those issues.
0: Yeah, and there there was a couple of calls that I thought were wrong, absolutely. But I don't think any of those calls affected the way this game was going. Um, most importantly, none of those calls would have helped Kansas City move the ball against that defense.
1: Yeah. This game did not come down to officiating. This game came down to—it's the biggest game of the year. Experience paid off, and game planning.
0: Let's let's talk a little bit about the the now world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as the case may be. Um, does Tom Brady also get an award for executive of the year? After that Super Bowl, I mean, l- let's keep in mind, not only does Tom Brady go to Tampa Bay this offseason, he says, hey, I want to bring a couple of my friends with me. Um. Uh. Yeah, Rob Gronkowski, yeah, he- he's going to come out of retirement. He's coming along. He, he scored two touchdowns. Uh, Antonio Brown, yeah, the guy's a complete fucking head case, and I know nobody wants to deal with him, so I tell you what, I'll let him live with me. I will keep him on the level and uh Antonio Brown goes out, scores a touchdown. Um, and then and then there's this other kid that I really, really like, went to LSU. His name's Leonard Fournette. He's sitting on the waiver wire right now. Nobody wants the fucking guy. Um, I think we should bring him in too. Uh yeah, he had a hell of a case for MVP of the Super Bowl. Uh Tom Brady put this team together, and Tom Brady got this team to buy in to the TB-12 mindset and lifestyle hell he even got bruce arians to buy into tb12 if if tampa bay is going to buy into tom brady on that level they might be back here next year
1: i think what's when you look at the scenarios you laid out there what's really scary is it did take this team some time to gel it sure they And had, especially without
0: had, OTAs. That's the big thing that nobody talks about. Like, Well, it, but everybody has that. The first so, half know, of the season, football. they were trying to figure out what the
1: fuck they were doing. Well, and you have not just on the field, you know, personnel. Okay, are we going to do this Brady's way? Are we going to do this, you know, the coaching style way? They, they lean more towards Brady's way. They, they compromise on some things. This team spoke openly. Coaching staff, Brady, the Stars, they all said, you know, we need this bye week. They had the last bye week of any team. Yep. They needed it. They refueled. They came back. What they lose? Only like one more game after that? Well, they, they never lost after
0: they lost after to the Kansas City. Week?
1: Okay so, yeah, okay so okay so they have their bye week and then they go on this incredible run that's the that's the most dangerous thing as you're looking forward you talk about maybe issues in the off season with free agency and all that you go look at a list of the top free agents there's plenty of talented individuals to fill whatever needs that they have and more importantly all right and, and this is something
0: I wanted to bring up the cap is going to drop The NFL salary cap is going to drop next season. There is a ton of free agents out there. This is going to be the like bargain deal of all free agency periods. The Bucs have a lot of room to play with, with only having 30 guys under contract. Can Tom Brady talk some of these guys, you know, like a, a. Leonard Fournette, like an Antonio Brown, like a Rob Gronkowski. Hey, man, I, think those you know, are, I think those are your easiest sells. I always wanted to play with
1: you. You know, you should co- you should come to Tampa. You so know, just sign like for the, two
0: years. Come they're on. kind of
1: on that backside. Yeah, I mean, come to Florida, no state income tax. You, you got made those, your said, money,
0: bro. Come on down. Let's wing a, let's let's go win a ring.
1: Well, hey, you know, Florida isn't that where most people go to retire, especially here on the East Coast, and no state income tax. We're open for business. It's Tampa Bay.
0: It's the strip club capital of the fucking world.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be a hot destination for them. I think it, what's going to be fun is you're looking at, you're talking about cap space destination for these free agents. Florida's truly really going to be that hub of what you can see happening down there with Jacksonville. Who's yeah. have got a ton. They got the, you know, the hot young hand coming in. That could be a you fun rivalry there. You, you've got... You know, the big signing at the head coach. Then opposed on the other side over in the NFC, you, you got Top of Bay. You, you got the GOAT. You got the Super Bowl champs. The first to ever do it at home right down there in Florida. Those are going to be some major headlines for the networks and the league coming up here in this offseason. And nobody has went back to back since
0: Tom Brady did it. <laughs> I mean is it wrong to think that Tampa could be in this position again next year that that we we could actually see a rematch of these two teams in Los Angeles next year?
1: I think that could be very safe and a safe bet. You look at the divisions themselves. I think it's going to be more of a daunting task for Kansas city. I see the AFC West greatly making strides forward as a division. Yeah. Where I really see the the NFC South, I'm not just missing the talent there or the competition, but I really see that those guys as a division kind of stepping back a little bit as opposed to the AFC West, where you got some teams that are really starting to heat up. You know, as the Raiders really prepare for that true launch, you know they're going to be coming firing full force. Mm-hmm. You've got tremendous excitement there with the Chargers.
0: Yeah, everybody's excited about it except the people that live in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah. yeah everyone outside of their area code or outside of the state yeah, is excited much. about, about – hey, th- those that are still hanging on uh, in San Diego, they're very excited. But outside of that, you know, <laughs> not much. Uh, but, yeah, the, but the team is moving forward. And and Denver, they're they're so smart in their moves that, you know, they're just one – decent offseason away from really making waves inside of the division.
0: And you've got quarterbacks like, you know, Deshaun Watson out there that very well could be on the move to a team like Denver. You know. You never know what the hell might happen there. So, Rick, a couple of people that I wanted to bring up, kind of get uh, what do you think they thought as they watched Super Bowl 55? is uh, starting off with the hoodie himself, Bill Belichick. Do you suppose Bill watched the game and went, damn it, at the end?
1: Uh, you know, what, I'm, I'm going to say maybe he kept up with some scores and all that. Knowing the hoodie, i would say he was at work.
0: That would not surprise me. That would not surprise me at all. But I do expect that uh, Belichick probably called Tom, like, you know, on Monday and was like, hey, good job. Uh, The other guy that I I wonder what he thought watching Super Bowl 55 is the most exciting player in the NFL, Jameis by fucking God, Winston. This is his team, man. This was my team. I was was the leader of this team. Is he going to get one of those honorary rings? He should, shouldn't he? I mean, come on. Come on, man. know,
1: maybe, maybe what you should do, Jargo. You you are the president of the Jameson Fan Club. Also a member. Also a member. Uh, You've been pimping this thing out. You've been pimping them out ridiculously uh, since I can't remember when. You know, maybe you should take it upon yourself. Take it upon yourself to send James Winston a replica WWE championship.
0: Oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? Instead of, like, for the side plates, we could just put, like, 30? So it'd be, like, 30 and 30? There you go. Man, Jameis Winston doesn't have a job next year. I'm going to be
1: so sad. Maybe you could gift him even more prestigious than a WWE replica championship. You could gift him your $5 face slap hammy award. Ooh. I I think think he he, he pretty much would cherish that up there on the mantle.
0: It might be the only award that Jameis Winston ever would get, you know. I don't know. All in all, man, clearly it helps when you were pulling for Tampa Bay, when you're pulling for Tom Brady. I had a great time watching the Super Bowl. I thought this was a fun game.
1: I I think even though the score and a lot of people were hoping for a little more action competitive between it, I think the history around it, and still, so much throughout that game, kind of sitting on edge, waiting to see if Kansas City was going to flip that switch. I enjoyed the game myself.
0: For me, it was just the dominance. I mean, watching Kansas City just straight up get manhandled and really out coached.
1: I mean, it- I, I think outside of it, you know, coming up an offensive guy, and really that's where I focus more on when I study the game and all of that. But sometimes you get in these situations. It's just fun to sit back and watch a defense just be just, able you know, to go out there. Absolutely right. Just manhandle. And kind of get back to the roots and just actually play defense.
0: If Andy Reid had not won a Super Bowl last year, would we not be saying this was like the most Andy Reid coached team ever? Like this. This is like stereotypical Andy Reid until last year when he finally won a Super Bowl like this has always been the rip
1: on Andy Reid, right let's see uh Owen two against Brady now yeah Owen two against Brady yeah not really to be able to get over in that big game for so long you know he battled against it in in the in the championship round then in the Super Bowl but I think you know once you get that one the narrative changes it, because again, how amazing of an accomplishment, how difficult of an accomplishment that is.
0: Yeah. Andy Reed gonna Andy Reed and the goat gonna go.
1: I really think you know, just that one, if, if it happens to end up being Andy Reed's only Super Bowl victory, it just that one moves him into a different echelon of, of conversation when we're remembering him it's, and the it, greatness as a coach. That's the difference of Hall of Fame or not, right? For Andy I Reed. I think in either case, he's a Hall of Famer. Do you? I, I think he would have been. He, he has had such a tremendous impact on the game. And, but once you and, win and that rain, it's and, a done deal. And coaches, you know, coaches that have come under his tutelage, what, what he has really done at all positions, anywhere he has gone, he is truly, he, he embodies the game. He's a, a tremendous representative. I think in any case, he would have been a Hall of Famer. But I think this right here, it it ultimately bolsters the, the resume.
0: There's no debate now.
1: He's in. Yes, yes.
0: There's no debate. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Then visit the other platform you may not be listening to, whether it be the HTM Podcast Network Online, hittingthemarks.com, or Hamin Media Online, two feeds. HeckerHameen.Podbean.com HameenMediaGroup.Podbean.com You'll be able to find me on an all-new episode of Destino coming up here sometime within the next week as we uh, wrap up the New Beginning Tour. I needed that break, man. Boy, it has been hot and heavy since the G1. There was like 11 tournaments, and we got through Wrestle Kingdom, and it was just like, yeah, I'm doing the Great Reset, and I'm taking a break. We'll wrap up New Beginning when the tour is free fucking over and it's about that time about that time to get back into it so we'll be having that coming your way other than that, you can keep up with me across all social media platforms at not jargo RBB. How do the peeps, the freaks, the geeks keep up with you and all the shit you got going on? I mean, man, I, I, I'm sort of having to put in like two songs at the end just on, on the underneath just because we've got so much shit to plug these days.
1: Well, you know, first off, I want to remind everybody when it comes to professional wrestling, it's not about the, the Gatos in the Naitos. It's about the cardies and the Bunnies. That's where you get the money inside of professional wrestling we'll but uh, as but as for me Hashtag RBV eats out. Hashtag RBV fitness. Keep up with me across all social media at the real RBV. And always as a reminder with the Hameen media group for the core content. It's our, our wrestling news and headlines, reviews, our main event conspiracy talk. You can keep up with the core shows at hackerhameen.podmeen.com. And then all of us others, us uh, succulent schmucks, maybe. maybe. Is that when we go with there The affiliates. The passion projects, the, the ones that are bringing you all of this the pure entertainment from our hearts, the, un, the not the manipulated media, the mind-stimulating media—you can keep up with us over at Hami Media Group, not Podbean.com, and, and of course, all of our new great partners. They just—they just keep flowing in here. We we've got the Rip Rogers FR podcast. We got the Big veto brand, Stevie Ray TV. We're working with uh, Goldilocks. The, the two-man power trip, Russo brand, and then just breaking, coming at you this week. We got two new partner projects underway, formerly known as Damian Sandown, Aaron Stevens, April Hunter, the A-Show, they're going to be coming at you, and then we just got a, a hell of a lot better looking around here, Jargo. Yes, Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, the beautiful people, entered into a partnership with our brand management program. It doesn't get much bigger than that, it, people. Uh, that is huge. The beautiful people, the Hamid Media Group. World, world order. I, the only way I really know how to celebrate. Hashtag National Pizza Day. And Jargo, for you that don't want to think outside the box, two words for you, taco pizza. Oh, taco pizza. That's
0: how you get away with really. it. That's how you get away We'll talk to you next Taco Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. For now, uh, we're off like a prom dress. See up. Point your fingers. Label me. I don't give up.
2: I'll be your bad guy.